Support for IPR comes from Orchestra Iowa, presenting the movie E.T., the extraterrestrial on the big screen, accompanied by the symphony orchestra performing the score live, May 3rd and 4th at 7.30 at the Paramount. Tickets at orchestraiowa.com. Today is Tuesday. It is the 15th of November. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. Snowfall is projected to slow commutes this morning as snow is forecast to last through the day and into tomorrow across Iowa. Dylan Dodson with the National Weather Service in Des Moines says much of central and eastern Iowa got about an inch overnight in the snow is expected to last through the day today. We're going to see additional accumulations of up to one to three inches and then also a locally heavier band uh, across central Iowa, mainly west of I-35, but uh, along and west of I-35, where we could see uh, higher amounts around three to four inches of snow. Donson says the light to moderate snowfall rates will fall steadily through the day and then diminish overnight tonight from west to east. Lighter snowfall is expected tomorrow. Dangerous chemicals known as PFAS have been detected at the Southbridge Water Treatment Plant in Sioux City. Its contamination levels now warrant a health advisory. As IPR's Kendall Crawford explains, this comes after the Environmental Protection Agency drastically lowered health advisory thresholds this summer. In June, the EPA temporarily lowered its health advisory level for PFAS from 70 parts per trillion to less than 0.004 parts per trillion. More than a dozen Iowa communities' water sources surpass this level. Sioux City's levels are at 9.1 parts per trillion, likely contaminated by the nearby Iowa Air National Guard base. Brad Pitts is the utilities director. It's very difficult for us to say at what level the, the water would become toxic for the citizens to drink. Don't believe we're there and we'll know more once the final rule is published. The EPA is expected to give a final ruling of PFAS level standards next summer. If the city is still under an advisory, officials say they will consider relocating the well to a different water source. Iowa is part of a multi-million dollar settlement with Google on the way it tracks your personal information. Attorney General spokesperson Ashley Keeler says Iowa and 39 other states brought the claims. This group of attorneys general has found that um, alleges that Google violated state consumer protection laws by misleading consumers about um, its tracking practices. The states involved will receive nearly $392 million from Google as part of the settlement. Iowa's portion is nearly $6.2 million, but Google users won't see any of that money directly. Healer says this settlement makes a key statement about the public's privacy. A New York-based hedge fund known for gutting newspapers it owns has reportedly abandoned its bid to purchase Lee Enterprises. Lee owns 24 Midwest newspapers, including the Quad City Times and the Sioux City Journal. Axios reported last week Alden Global Capital dropped its attempt to buy the newspaper chain, citing rising interest rates and a tougher financial market for purchases. Damon Keyshunk is the night chair of digital editing and producing at the University of Missouri School of Journalism. He says Alden may be biding its time. I think it means they lost the first round of the battle and it's a tactical retreat and they'll be coming back for a better price in six months. Alden did not respond to a request for comment. Lee will release its next fiscal report in December. One top shareholder says falling advertising revenue is a top concern. And former U.S. Representative Steve King will defend himself in federal court against copyright infringement claims this week. King represented Northwest Iowa's 4th Congressional District for 18 years. He's being sued after using the meme Success Kid in a fundraising ad for his unsuccessful 2020 re-election campaign. 
Sam Griner, who's the boy depicted in the meme, and his mother, Lainey Griner, are seeking damages of at least $75,000 for using the photo without permission. Jury selection began yesterday at the U.S. District Court in Sioux City, and the trial is expected to last until Thursday. King told the Sioux City Journal in 2021 he would defend his reputation, saying that he believed the lawsuit was politically motivated. It's here first. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Last year, the expanded child tax credit lifted millions of children out of poverty before those payments expired in January. Tighter abortion laws have reignited conversations about how to better support children and families. For Side Effects Public Media, Sydney Dauphiné reports evidence suggests a permanent child tax credit as one of the best ways to do that. Maxine Thomas got her first child tax credit payment in the summer of 2021. She was skeptical, like it was too good to be true. For some reason, at first I didn't think I was going to get it. I don't know why. (laughs) Thomas is a single mom of five children. She works full-time at a local food bank in Indianapolis. The temporary expansion of child tax credits under the American Rescue Plan made the payments available to low- and no-income families for the first time, and it increased the amount provided. For Thomas, the payments relieved a lot of the financial strain caused by the pandemic. Just being able to help keep food home, paying on my utility bills that were ever rising because we were home full time all the time. Research shows the majority of U.S. families spent the credit on routine expenses like food and utilities. The temporary expansion lifted over three million children out of poverty. The child tax credit expansion significantly decreased food insufficiency. Allison Bavellamon is with the nonprofit Children's Health Watch at Boston Medical Center. Food insecurity not only affects a child's physical health, their physical growth, but also their cognitive development, their ability to focus and do well in school. Bavellamon says disruptions in access to food disproportionately burden Black and Latino families, as well as single-parent families. These same populations were hit hardest by the expiration of the child tax credit payments at the start of this year. Child poverty skyrocketed. For Thomas, the expiration of these payments has made life more difficult. She had to start making sacrifices, like when she noticed her sons were growing out of their clothes. It seemed like everybody just sprouted out at the same time. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I felt it when it was kind of tough juggling who to go and get new shoes for, or being able to get school clothes. For years, the credit has been available to families that meet income and other requirements, which are based on the idea that an eligibility threshold would encourage people to work more and increase their earnings. As it stands, families with the lowest wages are eligible for the least amount of money, and often none at all. David Plasterer says this is the opposite of how it should be. He's a senior policy associate with Results, a national advocacy group in support of the child tax credit. You know, you basically have to lift yourself out of poverty before you're eligible for the child tax credit, which makes zero sense. He says a permanent expansion of the child tax credit would lift people out of cyclical poverty. When you're experiencing poverty, job loss is fairly routine. You get into a job and you think, okay, well, this is going to be the one. Then your car breaks down or you lose your housing or, you know, a kid gets sick and you get fired because you couldn't go into work. The move to tighten abortion laws in many states has reignited conversations about how to best support mothers and children. Republican State Representative Sharon Nagel is leading many of those efforts in Indiana. 
she supported the near-total abortion ban, which is on hold while the law is challenged in court. Nagel didn't say whether she'd support a state-sponsored expanded child tax credit, but she did emphasize the need for policies that decrease the financial burden on families, things like affordable child care and larger adoption subsidies. She also supports better access to contraception. We want to encourage people to have babies. We need to make it as uh, affordable and as maybe incentivized as much as possible. As for Maxine Thomas, she'd like to see lawmakers make the credit permanent without a work or income requirement. I know that it is lifting families and children out of poverty, which should be the ultimate goal. So if this is a program that's proven to have worked and we do have the means to do it, we should really look into ways to continue to build on it. A handful of states, including California, New Jersey, and New Mexico, have introduced or expanded state child tax credits in the past year. In Indiana, conversations among lawmakers and advocates are taking place, but are in the early stages. For Side Effects Public Media, I'm Sydney Dauphiné. Side Effects Public Media is a Midwest reporting collaboration, including Iowa Public Radio, exploring the impact of place, policy, and economics on Americans' health. This is Here First from IPR News. Be sure to subscribe so you can listen every morning. I'm Clay Masters.